Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdog is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. We're in a new era in Philly with a new staff coming in. Two of the guys calling the shots for offense and defense are former Colts coaches. In order to get a better sense of who these men are, I asked a friend of mine who is also a podcaster and a Colts fan to come on the show today to to discuss head coach Sirianni and defensive coordinator Gannon from the No Horsing podcast, Stephen Burton. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, trying to trying to uh, to trudge through the the dead period now, especially for my Colts. You know, they're not even doing anything in the month of July until training camp. So wow. just trying to kind of pull through right now. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think personally, fans creating content like you and I do, um, we're doing it for fun. We're not doing it for hot takes. We're not doing it for ratings. We're not doing it for a lot of the the interest that other people might have doing this kind of work. Um, we just care about the team. We have honest perspectives, honest evaluations. And um, I know personally, our fan bases are probably – very intrigued by the off-season swap of talent that has gone <laughs> the Eagles and the Colts. Um, we're looking like the Philadelphia Colts, and you're looking like the uh, Indianapolis Eagles at this point. So definitely curious how that will all play out uh, in the future uh, of these two franchises. And Eagles fans are certainly going to be keeping tabs on your team and, and whether or not they make the playoffs and all of that because there's a potential first-round pick on the line. Mm-hmm. Today, I really wanted to talk to you about these coaches because, uh, like you, we we had experience knowing who your coach was coming in, uh, Frank Wright coming from the Eagles. Now the tables have turned. We're taking a few of your guys. Um, so I'd love to get your perspective and what your impressions were of Sirianni and Gannon while they were in Indy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sirianni came in with Reich. You know, he was pro- – I believe he was the first hire he made when he became head coach. Um, he's got a wide receiver background. I personally – I really liked him. The big knock that we heard a lot was he didn't call plays. You know, it's Reich's offense from the beginning to the end. He calls all the plays on Sunday. Um but at the same time, Sirianni had kind of, he, he kind of had this flexibility and autonomy to 
implement the game plan of his choosing during the week. He had his fingers in every single aspect of the game plan. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too. He's extremely energetic. He is very much a player's coach. Uh, the players love him. Uh, on the flip side, Gannon, um, I really like him too. There was a lot of nerves in Indianapolis when Sirianni got the job because Eberflus was still on the market. Eberflus was still interviewing for positions. And the rumor and the scuttle around Indianapolis was that they wanted Gannon to replace him if Eberflus left. So there was kind of this waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of thing on did Eberflus take the job? And I think Gannon was kind of waiting to see possibly. Um, I think you guys got a great coach between the two of them. I think Gannon showed you know, massive improvement with the secondary. Uh, the other rumor was that Xavier Rhodes was possibly going to follow him because he loves him. Um, no, I mean, overall, I think you guys got two very young, very up-and-coming coaches. Uh, I'm really interested to see how Sirianni does personally and see kind of how he progresses in his first year. Yeah, definitely think that, uh, like you said, the energy is kind of infectious. It's the well-documented thing around Philadelphia from these very short um, interactions we get of those those guys from the press conferences and whatnot. Uh, were you surprised at all that Sirianni was the hire for the Eagles? I was surprised only in the fact that his name had not come up. Right. Um, he interviewed the previous year, he interviewed for several jobs. Uh, he was kind of the hot candidate, especially coming off of the season with with luck actually in the building. You know, they were extremely productive that year. He was a hot candidate. I was more surprised. Uh, I just on my podcast. I was more surprised when Philip Rivers retired than when Sirianni took the job. But it was kind of as a Colts fan, it was boom, boom. You know, it right. was Rivers Tough retired and like two days later, Sirianni took the Eagles job. And you're like, oh, my God. And then from there, it was Gannon's gone. And then, you know, coaches just kind of started leaving. I think all in all, it was like, I want to say it was like seven, seven different coaches they ended up having to replace. Um, it's the it's the, it's the um, double edged sword to being a successful team. Uh, mm -hmm. Eagles fans will be able to relate to you because after the Super Bowl season, we lost Frank, obviously. Um, Thank you for that. Saw other other players and guys leaving in free agency. It just it hurts sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we talk about it on, the on the business side, you know. Yeah, and we talk about it on, on our podcast a lot too. That I don't think I've ever seen. I was talking. I was talking to. I think it was Kevin Bowen, and I said, I've, "I don't think I've ever seen a team in, re in regards to the Colts get more picked over that hadn't won a Super Bowl." I mean, like you guys got picked over the year you won. Yeah. You, had, you won a Super Bowl. We we lost in the first round, and these coaches were out. So, I mean, but to answer your question about Sirianni, I, I think the only reason I was surprised was that his name kind of came very quickly. Um, one of the cooler stories, I don't know if you had heard this, was he was actually on vacation when the, when the Eagles asked to interview him. Yeah. And one of the cool stories that I got from one of my guys up there was that he was, I think he was down in Florida and Lori, Jeffrey Lori wanted to interview him. And Sirianni was really nervous because all he had was like, 
vacation clothes, like t-shirt and shorts. And he showed up for the interview in that. And I think I had heard like Lori and Howie Roseman, like they showed up in shorts and t-shirts too, to make him feel more comfortable. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, like I said, I'm excited to see how he does. I think if he's given a chance um, by the fans too, I think he can do really well. He shows the ability to develop certain talents too. Yeah, and I think that this is, that's a great point because in Philadelphia, there's this microscope on the team. The Eagles are the biggest team in this city, um, and it's just a football town. So when it comes to the success of the team, uh, there's a, a short leash for some of these guys. And Sirianni, he's still young. He's still going to have um, – you know, a young quarterback to work with now with Jalen Hurts coming in to to be the guy next year. So there will be some growing pains. There will be some uh, time where they struggle a little bit. And I would definitely, definitely uh, appreciate people giving him the due time and process to uh, be able to create an environment where he can be successful in Philadelphia, for sure. From a business standpoint, what like what did you think about the decision to hire a guy who you are saying is kind of knocked for not having that play calling experience that other play other coaches and other candidates did have? You know, I, I think it's with with the play calling. You guys have firsthand experience of bringing in a coach who had no play calling experience and winning big. You know, your previous coach obviously is a great example of that. Our current coach is a great example of he never called plays uh, under Peterson. And he's now considered one of, you know, in my opinion, a top 10 head coach in the NFL. Um, I think it, it shows and you're much closer to this situation than I am, obviously being in Philly, it it shows kind of a commitment to probably a rebuild. You know, it's a young coach who's very energetic. Um, I think he pairs, and I might be, I'm probably on an island with this. I think he pairs extremely well with Jalen Hurts. Um, There were a lot of rumors floating around. I know I kind of beat a drum. I really liked the idea of Jalen Hurts coming out of the draft. I liked him for the Colts um, in the later rounds. He just happened to go way before the Colts were going to probably try to take him. Um, But, I mean, he – you, you look, he's – when I say, like, he is has his fingers in everything, he was Fra- – he's Frank Wright's sounding board. He's his closest confidant inside the building at West 56th Street. And so he's obviously in those meetings. It's well-documented, Frank Wright, and the Colts have had four quarterbacks in four years now. Sirianni's in those meetings, too. Um, he's helped develop these quarterbacks and these young quarterbacks, too. Jacoby was a very young quarterback, and I think he got him to top out as, as well as he could. Um, Overall, I mean, I think given the chance and given the opportunity to to kind of put his stamp on things and put in place what he wants to do, I think he could be very successful. I think he's going to learn on the job. Um, but I think he comes from that tree with Frank that's very stoic, very calm, and doesn't get rattled. And I think that's going to be a really good thing, especially in Philadelphia. So you're saying when he's on the sideline, that energy is going to translate into being more methodical than it is going to be kind of 
manic and running all over the place. He, so he's he's stoic in his decisions. Um, okay. He's most definitely the one who he's the first one down the sideline to run and do a chest bump. Um, okay. You know, he was very and, and you know you brought up we, we talked earlier about him being a players coach all year he wore um, 15 and 25 on his visor for Paris Campbell and Marlon Mack because they both you know Paris Campbell uh, messed with his MCL, ACL, one of the two, and he was out. Similar injury to what Sirianni had, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then Marlon Mack tore his Achilles. So he knew they weren't going to be back. So he wore it on his hat uh, all year. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. So it was, it was how Colts fans really figured out that Paris Campbell wasn't coming back (laughs) this past year was he was kind of honoring him all year, but uh, it's more of his, his decision makings are sound and thought out. Um, but he is very energetic too. He is yeah. extremely energetic. I don't mind the energy. Some people don't like it, but I I kind of think it's endearing and fun, uh, especially during the off season when there's not a lot going on. Right. The energy, whenever uh, to get the vets to buy in, all the all the good stuff. Um, what did you think of Gannon joining Sirianni in Philadelphia? I wasn't shocked when it finally did happen. Um, Gannon's a really good young coach. He'd only been with Indy for two years. He does have a history with Sirianni. And he was looking to move up. He wasn't going to move up in Indy. Not this year with Iberflus not going anywhere. Um, And obviously Sirianni wants people he trusts. People he knows um, that can implement the system that he wants. So I think think he's a really good coach. Uh, The Colts... It improved almost immediately once he got here in the secondary. It's also a combination with the players that they've had right. come in recently too, but he was able to coach them up and he fit right into the scheme that the Colts run. He kind of runs a hybrid of that scheme. Uh, it's going to be a little different than what you guys are used to running, especially under shorts. Right. Uh, it's not as rush heavy. It's more, it's very, the Colts and, and the defense themselves is really, really influenced by the Tampa too. So they're, they, they sit back. They don't, they don't like to rush a lot. And that's almost the exact opposite of Jim Schwartz. (laughs) I live in Tennessee. So I saw him coach DC for the Titans for years too. And he's very much attack, attack, attack. And that's not really what Gannon's going to do. He doesn't do a lot of man on the outside either. That's kind of, that was kind of a selling point for Xavier Rhodes when he came to Indy was he didn't want to play man anymore. So, I mean, I think, he fits well. Obviously, there's nothing There's nothing ever going to be wrong with a good young up-and-coming up head coach coming in with a good young up-and-coming coordinator that he trusts. Oh, absolutely. Having people in the building that you already have experience working with. Um, I believe that our offensive coordinator had some experience with uh, Sirianni uh, from the Chargers. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, uh, Shane Steichen. So uh, definitely getting people that he uh, can trust in the building seemed to be the priority for building his coaching staff uh, to some degree. Um, Do you have any funny memories of Sirianni during his time with the Colts? He seems like kind of a character. So it's so funny that you asked it. So uh, you asked me that and I was like, man, I'm I'm racking my brain trying to think, because obviously I don't have a ton of inside knowledge and I know the things that the Colts put out. And so, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was he, he, I've got two of them. And one was that uh, he was mic'd up for training camp last year. Uh, and he was, he was, you know, he's the one with the stick ramming at the balls as the players are coming down. And he went one-on-one 
with Paris Campbell in a drill and Paris Campbell had a GoPro on his chest and Sirianni was so upset that he got put on the GoPro with like his ankles getting broken during the middle of this route. And he was like the rest of the practice. He's like, I can't believe I got caught on the GoPro. Like, I can't believe it. And so, I mean, it was, it was that. And then I was like, I want to get a good one. So I, I messaged um, Zach Kiefer who writes for the athletic who I've had on my show. And I was like, Zach, man, I need a good story for Kelly. And he was like, Oh, it's, it's a great one. It was like two years ago. He was, he was at training camp and they came out and looked sloppy and 11 on 11. And I, I, I don't know what kind of language I'm allowed to use, but Sirianni oh, you can use like, whatever language you'd like. <laughs> Sirianni was like, you're sloppy. Get your ass in the playbook. Like go get in the classroom and get in the playbook. And he said, it was just this, it was, it was like the second day of camp. And he was so upset with the fact that they look so sloppy. And he called out the entire offensive unit. Well, I think that Philadelphia will love that. Yeah, I mean, I could That's see That's our it. kind I mean, of energy. You know, you, you he went, I mean, and this was, I think this was two years ago. So, I mean, he's still fairly, I mean, he's a young coach anyway. And he is not shy from confronting these players. I mean, these are players like T.Y. Hilton and at the time, Andrew Luck. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that takes some balls. <coughs> mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. I love it. That was, a, that was a good one. I appreciate you doing some homework on uh, getting that, an answer to oh, that. Oh, it's no problem. I, I was like, man, I got I got a Texas accent. Maybe he'll get back to me quick enough. And he was like, yeah, I got a good one for you, man. That's awesome. Do you think that Sirianni, without the play calling in his repertoire, is going to pick that up fast? Like, I think so. I mean, okay. I, I really do. Um, he doesn't really have the seven on seven drills this off season, like right. traditional off season. Like, do you think that will stunt his ability to really suss out what everybody is good at, where they should be? I, th- I think it could, it could slow it just a little, but I think it'll be similar to, to almost like last year. I mean, I, he's loved. We look to be lucky enough to be getting a regular training camp. Um, and the new shortened preseason, the whole, I think it's three games now. So we're, we're that that's going to help, I think, in that process, too. Right. Um, and like I said earlier, just because he didn't call plays on game day, he was in every facet. And he if you watch the games, he's very close with Reich throughout the game. You know, he's he's Reich's bouncing ideas off of him in regards to what play. What do you think is good in this situation? I mean, he's in he's controlling the meeting from beginning to end all week week um I, I think it'll be similar i mean it is a new coach it is a weird offseason not as weird as last year but yeah. it's still kind of this odd offseason so yeah. i mean i could see it you know being maybe a little where he's getting used to it and that's kind of like what we were saying earlier is that i hope there's this i hope that there's a grace period for him yeah, because you're for also sure. for you guys you're talking a new coach and you're talking a brand new quarterback too who's never started in the nfl they're going to have to get a feeling for each other Yeah, and I think some of the players have kind of alluded to some of the verbiage, some of the terminology of what Sirianni is bringing to Philadelphia is along the lines of what Peterson was calling. So that almost gives them a head start at understanding Mm -hmm. the playbook. Um, That might benefit them in, you know, him being from the Frank Wright tree coaching. You know, he's officially got a coaching tree now. 
with Sirianni having his head coaching job. Yeah. It always makes me excited. I mean, and that's a great point. I didn't think about that with it was the fact that, you know, even with Carson coming to us, Carson has said the playbook's not the same, but it's very similar. He's still learning things. So exactly. Imagine that it's the same way around. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what the players were saying in Philly. Like the terminology isn't exactly the same, but there's similarities there. Mm -hmm. Sirianni and Gannon, Give me the impression, and I think they also give a lot of fans the impression that they are players, coaches. Uh, they believe in competition. They've been, you know, banging the drum on competition since they came to Philadelphia. What player do you foresee benefiting from Sirianni and what he's bringing to the Eagles offense? If you can think of anyone on the Eagles roster that would benefit most so I, I think, it, you know, and, I, and when I saw this question, I was uh, kind of sat there for a second and I was like, well, personally speaking, I think it's probably Jalen Rager and okay. it's probably Devontae Smith. Um, and that is if you that that's because that's Sirianni's background. He's a wide right. receivers coach. Um, he worked extremely closely with the wide receivers for the Colts. If you go and you watch old videos with him, too, he's he's always in the receiver drills. Uh, I could see him really helping kind of that young core that you guys have. Uh, and obviously with Rager too, I mean, I was a big fan of him coming out. The Colts obviously scouted him. So Sirianni does know things about him too. And then Devontae Smith is just Devontae Smith. Right. I, mean, I just have to just get out of his way and let him play. Right. But, I mean, I could see him really helping. And then honestly too, I, I think he's going to, I could see with Jalen Hurts, um, young quarterback, young coach. And, and the whole, the competition, I mean, that's, that's just what he does. I mean, the Colts are 1%, you know, everyone's heard it 1% better every day. That's, that's, that's the motto. But if you're not preaching competition, then what are you doing? Right. You, know, you want, you want, you don't, you want him to feel comfortable, but not so comfortable is kind of the thing. And so, I mean, I could see him, I could see Jalen Hurts really liking kind of the approach that Sirianni takes. Yeah. I think that, uh, Jalen Hurts has this um, competition mentality. He's always had it from Bama to Oklahoma mm -hmm. uh, to now being in the NFL. I definitely think that nothing phases him when it comes to things that are said in the media, like nothing about what um, conversations are going on in the media about whether or not he's the starter in June matter or even come onto his radar. Like yeah. he's just focused on being better and, and very much the same mentality of like 1% better every day. He's, you know, constantly talking about, um, you know, working on his craft and his ability to, um, you know, help his team because yeah. even some of the questions that he was asked over this off season about like last season was like, I wasn't able to get the team to the playoffs. It's like, well, the team wasn't doing very well. It wasn't. You. That's like, not on you. <laughs> like he, he takes, he takes it on. Like he takes all that pressure on regardless of whether it's warranted or not. Um, yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what Sirianni can do with a guy that is so hungry. And um, I totally agree with you. I think that the wide receiver core will benefit from a mind like his um, because there were some times in our offense in previous seasons where guys just weren't open and it, it's mm -hmm. hard to make a play on a quarterback side of things. If you're trying to really, you know, throw it in into a certain window and 
there's tight coverage everywhere. You're not going to help your quarterback in any way, shape or form. If the wide receiver core isn't up to par. So, yeah. um, you know, the young guys are going to be on a learning curve. So that also has that give it a grace period type type of mentality. Um, but I'm excited to see what they'll be because, you know, two first round picks two years in a row, we better see some, some fireworks at some point, you know? Like, yeah. Well, and I'm a some, big fan. Get some big plays created on a yeah. back end for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a big fan for you guys of, you know, and I took a lot of heat with, with Devonte Smith. I have a friend of mine who runs a Bama podcast. He's always in my ears chirping about Bama players. Um, until we got Carson, it was a whole lot of Mac Jones talk and I call him Doughboy, and that causes issues. <laughs> um, but I, I always related Devonte Smith very similar to, to Marvin Harrison. And, yes. his build and, and his so size. many people say this. Mm-hmm. And so so I mean, many people. It's not about the size necessarily. It's kind of more, I mean, he catches everything that comes to him. He's got arms that go to his ankles. Right. I mean, you've got, you, you, you have athletes now who can get open. Um, like you said, it, it's really hard to catch a ball or to ask your receivers or your quarterback to throw into a window that's two inches wide every single time. Right. So, and then that, I think that plays with Sirianni too. The, the way Reich runs his offense is very similar to Peterson, and I'm going to assume Sirianni is going to run it the same way. Is it's very quick. Um, it's get the mm-hmm. ball out fast. It's RPOs, which is what you guys kind of perfected the on the Super Bowl. So y'all right. are really familiar with that. And mm-hmm. Jalen runs it probably better than anybody, I would assume. Oh, he's uh, a dual threat for sure. I mean, he's you'd he's, be scared of him running the ball, so you got to keep honest, right? I mean, just look at his year at Oklahoma. That's all you got to do. And I mean, it's it's an amazing year. So, I mean, he's he's not – they're not going to hold the ball long. They're not going to wait for these big downfield routes to open up. It's going to be quick hits, get the ball in these really fast receivers' hands and let them go do the work. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. Um, on the other side of the ball, what player do you foresee benefiting from Gannon and what he's bringing to the Eagles' defense? So when I saw this part too, I was like, I've got to pull up. So I pulled up the Eagles roster and I was very, <laughs> very, very specific. And I want to make sure I, it's, it, it's Darius Slay. Yes. And it's, it, it's, I was hoping you would say that it's a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, he was the name that popped out to me. Um, he's, he's a veteran. He's, he's very talented. And you just look at what Gannon did with Xavier Rhodes, too. Xavier Rhodes is an older corner. You know, he's in his he's in his early 30s, but that's older. And he was he he basically he was cornerback number one for us last year. He looked amazing bounce back year. Uh, and I mean, I might be in the minority. I mean, I know Darius Slay's name because he's really talented. And he's going to come in wanting to prove that last year was kind of this fluke year for the defense. And right, and it wasn't on him at all. Positions. Like he he was honestly one of our better players on the defensive mm-hmm. side, um, especially on the back end of the defensive side. Uh, but he, you know, kind of got picked on when um, we were down. Like mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't pass the you can't rush the passer as much as you'd like to when you're down so much. And it just, it kind of goes 
in a snowball effect and, and Darius got uh, a little bit of a beating on the back end of the season, but he was, he started the season very strong for us, but he was coming into a new defensive uh, process and everything. Mm-hmm. Year two in Philadelphia. I definitely feel like the new coach coming in is going to try to make sure that he is able to make some plays, some impact plays that maybe he missed out on last year. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, I think if you if you want to know how I think he will look, you just put on Xavier Rhodes' tape from last year. Um, Gannon's going to put him in positions to where he's comfortable. He's not going to ask, you know, where you're rushing, you're all out rushing, and he's on an island out there. Gannon's right. not really going to do that. Uh, he's going to give him help. You know, the whole thing with Tampa, too, is keep it all in front of you. You're not going to all these chunk plays. He may have way more tackles than he's ever had, than he's ever had <laughs> as a corner, but they're going to look to keep things in front of him. And like I said, you know, he's one that stuck out to me because he's so he's so talented. Yes. Um, and you just get your hands on him and you put him in a scheme that works. I think I think he's going to just be money for you guys. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping that's the case. We've been longing for a lockdown corner. We finally traded for one last year. And then, unfortunately, 2020 wasn't a solid season for the Eagles. The yeah. Looking good, though. 11-4, and four, I believe, last year, or 11-5? We were, let's see, we were 11-5. We were 11-5. 11 and five. 11 and five. Didn't, wasn't good enough to win the division, which but is But you basically tied me. the Titans. Oh, man, oh, man. The Titans. Yeah. I don't I want to bring up Tennessee. bad memories. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. But, it's but okay. your your success is hopefully going to translate to our success going forward with yeah. coaching coaching staff trading off to uh, come to Philly. Um, we still don't know a ton about the scheme of these coaches and what mm-hmm. employ for the roster. Um, the assumption is that they're going to pull their coaching experiences from the Colts, and and Gannon's obviously going to pull from the Vikings and just his experience across the board do you like are you able to tell eagles fans about gannon or what you'd anticipate he'll do with the philadelphia roster yeah i think i think he's going to run something really similar to what they run right now uh what what the colts run not I, i think it's going to be very different looking um than the way Schwartz ran it. Because uh-huh. Schwartz was, you know, he's gonna he was gonna get out like he's he's gonna he's just gonna get after you. You know, he's right. kind of similar to like a Greg Williams. I know that name's like, ooh, it's not a good one to invoke sometimes. But it's very <laughs> much I'm gonna hit you, I'm gonna hit you repeatedly. Um Gannon is, I think he's going to take a lot from Eberflus in regards to like that soft Tampa two, where you kind of, you don't let the big play happen. You're going to play in space. You're going to make sure that you kind of have these backup positions and you're just, you know, it's, you hate the adage, but it's kind of this, this bend, but don't break kind of defense, which is fine. You know, if you're giving up 300 yards a game, but you're only giving up 10 points, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, Yeah. I see him kind of doing some, something similar to that. Uh, he does mix in a little bit more man than what Iberflus liked to do. So I could see him doing that a little bit too. 
Yeah, like a lot of people will say, I think he's going to do more of what Zimmer did than Eberflus mm-hmm. does. Um, I don't really know why they have that thought process, but we're all just kind of guessing at this. Yeah, point. I mean, I think it's just uh, you know, like maybe you said, a hybrid guessing. of it's going to be this hodgepodge of what he what he's been under. You know, he's had Sam. He was under Zimmer. He's under Eberflus. He's going to kind of form his own what he wants to do. And I mean, I could see him kind of doing a hybrid. You know, yeah. uh, and but at the same time, too, he's very known. And I think this bodes well, too, is that he's going to work with what he has. He's not going to kind of try to fit a square peg into a round hole. He's not going to just implement his scheme. And if the players don't fit well, you know, SO, he's going to love that to fit him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good thing. That's a good quality in a coach is to kind of transform your your plans for the team based off what your roster is offering. I mean, we didn't go defensive back until day three of the draft, which I was shocked by. Um, But we got lots of defensive linemen. I mean, we got tons of defensive linemen in this offseason. So very curious to see, you know, what Gannon will do with that young talent coming in to kind of be a wave rotational type of defensive front, um, along with Kerrigan signing and free agency. Definitely thought he was a, a... a player that made sense for the Colts. Even I was like, well, there was a lot of talk that would be a, a, a sensible option for you guys. But that kind of suggests like, Oh, well they, they plan to have a rotational wave mm-hmm. of, of pass rushers in Philadelphia still. Um, so definitely curious to see how that translates and um, anything uh, else that you wanted to add before we uh, log out for the day. Well, I mean, I think I think you guys have a good coach. Like, like I said, I think kind of from an outside perspective, uh, coming from a very, I mean, it's pretty well a very much softer media market <laughs> than Philly. Um, I just want. It's him not to, hard. Uh, it's not hard to be a softer media market than Philly. I've I've heard things. You know, I've never <laughs> experienced it, but the only experience I have with the Philadelphia media is you, which is a delight anyway. So there I mean, I just hope you got. I hope Philly gives him a chance. I mean, I know kind of on my side, my perspective. I mean, I know. I was very, uh, I was upset. And I think I had talked to you too at the introductory press conference and how people kind of went after him for the stuttering and how he yes. kind of fumbled. I mean, I've always said, you know, and I had, I had tweeted out the time too, like I have a daughter who has kind of a, a, a speech impediment. And so I take that, you know, differently than others. Personally. But also, it's, it's his first time in front of the Philly media. Yeah. He was nervous. And it was so, a Zoom call. That's so unorthodox. Well, and, and it's one of those things, too. It's like, I really don't care what he says to the media. What does he say to the team? And if you go, you can go on. I mean, I would suggest anybody who listens to you, go over, you know, take a second. It's okay. Go over to Colts.com, and you can watch some of his old mic'd up where he's breaking down film. It's still up there. You can see where he's talking with the players. And, I mean, he is he's, he's going to do a great job with the players as long as they buy in. Definitely. And I think that they are. Uh, This past week, I spoke to uh, one of the Eagles beat reporters about that very thing, about how the OTAs, the Eagles players basically put out a statement that they weren't going to do OTAs, all that stuff. But then, you know, he made some calls to veterans and got them in the building for at least two weeks to really kind of go over the playbook and discuss things from a mental standpoint. And um, just to make sure everybody was on the same page ahead of training camp. And that's a big sign that 
um, people are buying in. Yeah. People uh, are, and to quote the guy that I was speaking to, uh, Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philadelphia, he's very authentic. And um, if you have a guy that's authentic, you have to give him a true chance to be able to show what he can do. And I'm, I'm personally very excited um, yeah. just because there's so much mystery to, to what is in store for this coming season. And um, as, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, Colts fans and Eagles fans will be keeping tabs on each other's team. We're just linked all season. Just to see what's going on on the other side. So um, yeah, I know I've had several, uh, you know, we won't go down this rabbit hole, but I've had so many Eagles fans jump into my, my mentions and my DMs because of Carson. <laughs> yeah. It just blows my mind. Like if I say I, anything I personally, nice. I personally want you to know on behalf of at least some Eagles fans that I think it makes sense for you to be excited about your quarterback. I, I am. He actually, you know, and I don't know, this is the only thing I'll say about Carson because we had you on our show uh, yes. a while back and we talked for like an hour about Carson was he actually, you know, he's thrown with all the receivers down to the practice squad receivers at this point. He's going to continue to throw until training camp with several of them, even though they're on uh-huh. break. And he went for the two week mandatory period to, to be with the team. And then he stayed the extra week with just the rookies this past week. So he could I work with it. them too. So it's like, I, I'm, I, I'm excited. I will always have right. respect. We are so yeah, I will have respect for Carson Wentz and what he was able to do in Philadelphia. A lot of people have sour grapes about how things ended. Um, and it, it was not an ideal situation for us by any means. I don't like enjoy, I don't enjoy losing our quarterback. But right. ultimately, I think we can all agree that what everything happens for a reason. And so what will be will be. And I'm just curious to see how it all ends up playing out. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, Kelly, I thought you said we could all just agree that Dallas sucks. Oh, we could do that, too. (laughs) We all agree. We all have that team. We all agree. Um, It was a pleasure speaking with you, Stephen. Truly appreciate your time. Please go check out No Horsing Podcast if you ever have a curiosity about what's going on with the Colts. Uh, He does a great job. our perspectives matter, and I think that it's always a fun experience to uh, to chat with somebody who has a different perspective than the normal route that you might go to cover a team and the off season that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was truly a, pre- a pleasure speaking with you, Stephen. Please go subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast, Eagles fans, and fly, Eagles, fly. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Storewide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart Store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.